Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're back. Well, we weren't really gone for that long, but we're back. We're here to talk about all things nerd news, movies, video games, pop culture. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? You know, stuff like that. That was a throwback. That was an extreme old, like multiple podcast renditions ago. Do you guys remember when we talked about Girl Scout cookies on like our, how, how long ago was that? That was like four years ago. Am I the only one who remembers this? What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? I like the Samoas. I like the mint one. Yeah, I'm a thin mint man. I, I just, this is on my brain right now. I just got a, one of my, my old math teacher. Shout out to my old math teacher. I'm not going to say your name because that would be inappropriate. Uh, she had a daughter. Does she listen to the podcast? I don't think so. There's no way to know, really. Well, there probably is a way to know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to look into that. Uh, but she has a daughter now who's selling Girl Scout cookies and she posted on Facebook saying, my daughter's selling Girl Scout cookies. And I said, hot dog. I haven't ordered any yet, but I'm probably going to. And they're going to be all Thin Mints because there's really, to me, there's no other Girl Scout cookie. It's, are Samoas the coconut ones? Don't tell Those me. Those are the ones you always ones. want Samoa of. <laughs> okay. Well, that's Tactic. He's on the, uh, he's on the dad jokes for this episode. I am Illegal 86. Uh, we have Nerd Bomber over there, the Samoa fan. And an additional update for you before you dive into the news. I'm doing something that's never before been done on the podcast. I don't know if you, maybe you can hear it. I hope not. I heard a clapping noise. Are you casting naked? I am not clapping. I have Altoids in my mouth. And I'm talking multiple Altoids. Sometimes, you know, I, I just want to feel fresh. And especially when I'm talking so much into a hot mic. I just want, I, you know, I want to freshen the mic up. I gotta tell you, so far it's really pleasant, but I will say they're Altoid Smalls. They're not like big boys. They're Shaquille like, O'Neal would approve because first it's icy, then it's hot. It, well, they're not. That's not how never Altoids gets, work. Never gets well, hot. hot. I would Mike, hope not. Icy breath. Oh. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. You know, it's not like they're, they're more like candy. They're not even really freshening my breath that much. They're just, it's just you just have it, and it's like, oh, okay. It's kind of like Tic Tacs. I miss the sour Altoids. Those were the best. They like burned a hole in your tongue, but they were so good. Those have been gone for a minute. But like, why? Because they were all the You just rage. dated yourself. That's fine. I don't think I ever had them. I was like, are you serious? I was one of those. Well, I, I was one of those kids who. No one ever offered you out. one. Did you have no friends? Oh, oh no! Kids offered me them. I'm. I was and probably still am a very sensitive child. And like, remember? And then like, they're still going on. It's not like over. But like, remember Warheads? People oh, yeah. went nuts for Warheads. Like when they when Warheads first dropped. Not like literally, like the candy. People around my age were going just absolutely bananas for Warheads and being like, they were the cool candy for, because like, you remember when you were kids and you were going to school, there were cool candies and Warheads were a bona fide cool candy. Warheads were up there, uh, but Altoids, the reason why Altoids were a cool thing were because they came in that little round tin and then once it was empty, you could use that to like store your little pencil erasers or whatever in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had the cool substitute teacher that would hand out Altoids. It was, it was, she was everyone's favorite. Icebreakers, by the way, same situation with the little tin. You could like, well, it wasn't a tin, it was plastic, but you could like, you know, you could use that for stuff. Now we're going down like mint and mouth freshening lane. But do you guys remember, and I don't think they make these anymore, but icebreakers had a specific mint and they were like little liquid balls. They weren't like a oh, hard yeah. mint candy and they would explode in mm-hmm. your mouth. Those were interesting. Mint and gum like companies got just straight up experimental uh bubble tape you remember that well bubble tape, is bubble still tape wasn't minty bubble tape's still going on yeah your boy illegal 86 was absolutely crazy for bubble tape that was one that every time i went to the grocery store with my mom mom can i get bubble tape and she's like yeah whatever who cares as a professional in my career 
I think I've now decided that I'm going to 3D print a bubble tape holder and walk around the office yeah. with it on my belt. I feel like that'd just be a sweet look. What's going to be in it? Because you got to put something in it. Bubble tape. What the hell? <laughs> well, but if you're, but if you you can't like buy bubble tape, like you get the holder with the bubble tape, regardless. So why do you need a holder? It's to hold it onto my belt. Kind of like a cell phone. Oh, clip. it's like a oh, like a cell phone clip. Okay, yeah, no, that's a that's yeah, a very. I'm good, I'm going to make this, and it's going to be made such that you can still access the bubble tape while in the holster, so you can be just like just like a regular sheriff in town. Just now, do you guys remember? And again, this still might be going on. We might be talking about these a bunch of these candies, like they're ancient relics, and they're like still around. But do you remember Listerine? I don't even remember what they were called. Oh, the little strips. The, you, Those are actually still the little, a thing. The, the little piece of plastic that you would put on your tongue and they would dissolve. Like, who... I don't know. It was just... It was, it was such a... It had to be a crazy environment working for a gum slash mint company in, like, the early 2000s. It was just throwing crap at the wall and seeing what would stick. Well, I think Man. what we learned was that in the 90s and 2000s, a lot of people had really bad breath. So they were trying to come up with ways right. to combat that. Which, I mean, right. I don't yeah. think what? that problem has really been solved. It has. That's why everyone, they said, okay, everyone's got bad breath. So everyone lose your taste of smell and oh, taste, your sense of smell and taste. And look at this. They, bad breath is gone i have lost my taste of smell so many times i, I you know what my favorite well, okay let's go around the room before we start i know this is quite a long diversion but we've, like, we've, we've come so far at this point what is your favorite gum slash mint i will go first mentos mentos are undefeated every time i get mentos i'm like this is the best thing that's ever happened to america the icebreakers cube icebreakers cubes are good Those uh, I've, I've done that many fast. times i'm a dentine ice you got to get the car pack and it has like 50 of those and dentine ice will make your breath minty fresh also it's too intense it's, dentine, it's like, not so if you're there having is, there coffee, is a too intense if you're like in the office and you're having coffee and then you have lunch your breath gets rank you need to have something strong to combat that actually i'm I, har i'm hardcore digging the mask situation right now that's in the world because all of my lunches and breakfasts are peanut butter based and i don't want to get rid of that i don't want to smell mint all day i'm just huffing peanut butter like nine to five and it is it is dope i currently have mentos came out with gum actually i think that was a while ago but now they have the car packs and what a great i get in my car after a long day of work and i pop a piece of mentos gum and i'm singing you know miley cyrus driving down the highway it's, it's a great time I don't I know like two Miley Cyrus songs. So like don't don't be coming at me on Twitter at OW eighty six being like, What's your favorite Miley Cyrus song? It was a joke. I know like two. I know Party in the USA, can't uh the can't stop song. You know, you know what song I'm talking about. We can't stop. We won't stop. It's our party. Wrecking we can do what we want. Oh, okay, I know Wrecking Ball too. Okay, so I know three. Look, I probably know more, but those are the those are the three that I those are the three that everybody knows. We're gonna talk a little bit about Scott Pilgrim today. We're gonna talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air today. We're going to talk about E3 today. So we got a, a, a jam-packed schedule, as we often do. I will be hosting a quiz later as well with quite a topic that we'll get to. But before we get to any of that, as we did, I think, at the end of last week's episode, once again, at the beginning of this week's episode, I figured we'd put it at the beginning this time, Bob Saget. I, I feel like we just need to take a moment with our listeners to process this. And I, I, you know, I will start by saying kind of a similar situation to for me with Betty White, where I kind of knew Bob Saget for one reason. And I, I, I think most people are probably in the same boat as me, 
well, I guess it, two reasons, Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos. And by the time America's Funniest Home Videos rolled around for me, I think it was Tom, it was the Tom Bergeron days. So like Bob Saget had kind of been put on ice in that regard. Mm-hmm. But I, Bob Saget was one of those people that I saw him on Full House. I was like, he's great. And then like I went on with my life for a while and then like probably in like college or something, I found out that he was like not just Danny Tanner, but he was like he a raunchy prior comedian. to that. Yeah, prior to that, had been not just like a really good comedian, but like a, a rated R comedian. And I like I, I have not listened to any of his stuff. I probably will go and listen to it now. But it's again one of those situations where you have so many people coming out of the woodwork, being like, "What an incredibly kind person." Everyone's worse off now that he's gone. So I don't know. I mean, I was never a huge Full House watcher myself, but you know. Well, Full House is where I got my my namesake from. Nerd Bomber is actually something that the girls said. I think it was Stephanie Tanner in the show. She called. I I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. That was where it came from, actually. I watched Full House. Like, I watched. I don't think I was around to watch it in live time. I watched it mostly syndicated because I believe there was a block of time on ABC Family where it played from like 1 to 3 p.m. And you got like four yeah. episodes. And so I must have seen Full House in its entirety probably like four or five times over. I loved Full House. And that this is sad. I mean, he was only 65. Right. We we don't know. And I, yeah, I should say like as of this recording, at least they haven't said what happened. Like, And I'm not sure if anyone knows what happened. It's just like he was found in a hotel room and no foul play was suspected. It didn't seem like there were like drugs or anything involved. It might, it, you know, these things happen. It might have just been he had a heart attack or something. We don't I don't think we know. I mean, if you guys heard anything, I haven't heard anything else yet about how or why. Yeah, but, I haven't heard anything other than that. What you said, no foul play, no drugs, nothing like that. Yeah, I, I saw a, a BJ Novak. I think it was tweeted like he had just recorded. I mean. Bob Saget was still very active. Like he was, he has a podcast mm-hmm. that I think BJ Novak had like just sat down and talked to him for a podcast. And he was like, wow, I talked to this guy like last week. And that like, I can't even imagine how that must feel. Well, he was down in Florida because he was still actively touring. Like he was down in Florida on a tour. He was still doing stand up. And well, I don't know if it was stand up or more just like, I mean, I Being guess Bob, yeah, just yeah. like distinguished speakers talks and stuff like he's he's bob saget he's been through so much i would love to sit down and chat with him you know unfortunately now none of us will have that chance but yeah it's it's a tough thing rough way to kick off 2022 honestly yeah what the heck 2022 give us a break so let's transition to what you might think would be a happier topic but i need to take a few minutes and kind of go like full lewis black rant about this bel air trailer Guys, this was the worst trailer for a television show I've seen in a long time. Really? I have problems with it, but I don't think it was a bad trailer. It. I watched this with my fiance. I actually watched this trailer twice because I was like, well, did I really see what I just saw? And I had to play it back. And the second time I watched it was with my fiance. And she was like, this looks like this looks like a YouTube red like, series. No, so before, before Not you a compliment. get into it, I, I <laughs> want to say what my take is because I want to see if I'm unique here or not. And I don't want to seem like I'm just... Sure. Compl- copying what you said so the beauty of what the fresh prince of bel-air was in my opinion was that it came off as a light show but took you by surprise when it hit you in the feels and and that's what made it so great the trailer for this show comes off as a heavy show that has some light elements and it and it it feels like it's 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 specifically trying to monopolize 
on those heartfelt moments that made the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air great when it's, it's, it wasn't just those. It was the culmination and the surprise factor that it had. You, I, I don't think, I, may, I maybe have never agreed more with you on this show. Like that, that is exactly what the problem is that the whole time you're watching it, you're just kind of going, oh my God, it's like they don't know what the old show was because the old show was exactly that. It was a show that was, it was a sitcom. It was designed to be funny. It was designed to be, you know, American escapism. And then occasionally they would be like, oh yeah. And by the way, Will Smith can like act really well. So like, here's him like seeing his dad walk out on him again, or like, here's him taking a gun away from Carlton. And yeah, they they flipped it this time where, like you said, it's going to be this show that takes itself extremely seriously. It's going to be a show where Carlton is not going to be funny at all. Like, I just, I, it's just, it's so weird. Like, it's just, I can't even believe it still. I'm, I watched the trailer like an hour ago or so, like two hours ago, and I'm still just kind of shocked. And like, I didn't even, by the way, this is another show that like, I've watched plenty of this show. I never felt a super strong connection to it. But even so, I was, I was insulted when I watched this trailer. I was like, Really? what's weird to me is will smith is so closely involved and he the character's name by the way if you if you can piece together various parts of the trailer the character's name is will smith <laughs> the main character's name they didn't like change it or anything which is fine but i just i don't understand i don't i don't understand i don't know i mean what what east nerbomber you were about to say something that you didn't get and I, i'm curious to hear what that is well that that was pretty much what i was going to say like will smith is a producer on this show and you would think you know he would know at his heart what the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was supposed to be and what the core of it was. It almost felt like when I was watching this trailer, this is a completely different show. And that they... It is. They took is. the characters' names and they took the show name and they're dressing it up as a reboot, but really they are fully intending to make almost a completely different show. Like, the background premise is going to be the same, but this is a completely different show. And I'm very confused. If you told me... If you changed the names in the show and you said this is just Will Smith new drama, I would watch it. Now yeah, you're no, telling it, me you're this totally is right. this is a Fresh Prince reboot and I'm like no this is not. This is not what this is at all. And right. that it's fine. Like it may be very good, but label it what it is, you know? And I yeah. get why they did it. There's a lot of reboot sitcoms coming off and they're just not sticking. We're, we're not in the the same sitcom. We, we can't redo what was done in the past. So I get them taking this new take, but I agree with you, Nerd Bomber. Then totally call it something different. Right. The kid they got, I'm sure, can act. And I'm sure he's very good. I almost feel bad for him because like this this is a situation where people are people who don't watch the trailer which i'm sure are gonna be some people are gonna be like oh good a bel-air reboot i'll go watch it and they're gonna be like what am i what am i watching and it's gonna fall on him and i just like i and i know listeners might come on our twitters and be like oh so you just want a shot for shot remake no that's not what i'm saying either but this is just taking what made the first show good and flipping it upside down and i don't i just don't I guess I just don't understand the reason for that. Would you say it was flipped, turned upside down? Nice. Flip, it was flipped, turned upside down. You know, they're just like, in fairness, uh, the other side of the coin is when you think about, you know, the premise of the original show is Will Smith was in Philadelphia. And like, think about the intro to that show. He gets into a fight on the basketball court, but a guy picks him up and like spins him around. 
know? this is and it's this like, gets dark. It's, this is like he's in prison like and guns. some guy is yeah. gonna try to kill him. And like that's that yeah, that shot especially was insane. They're like like in West Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground. Oh no, there's a guy looking at me through a jail cell, holding a gun to his own like a finger gun to his own head and basically Which saying that he's going makes to kill more you. sense as to why Will Smith moved. So I, I get that sure. side of it. And I will say, you know, like this might be Will Smith. When we look back at some of these 90s shows, like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air put a very rosy spin on things that were happening. That's the point I was trying to make. And so I can understand even beyond just the fact that a sitcom doesn't necessarily play super well these days. I can see why Will Smith might want to go back and be like, okay, so you had your entertaining, comedic Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but this is what it's actually like. And I like I get that. It just feels cheap. It just feels cheap. Yeah, I, 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 I understand it. And like, yeah, the point I was trying to make was like, when you deconstruct the original premise, you wouldn't move across the country because a guy picked you up on a basketball court and spun you around. You would move across the country because a guy threatened to murder you. They made the, the premise of the show, I suppose, more believable than the previous rendition. The thing was, with the previous rendition, you didn't care whether it was believable or not. You cared that Will Smith was do- in a fish-out-of-water comedy where he's a Philadelphia kid in bel air and like it just it feels disingenuous i i'm gonna go ahead and draw a parallel to uncharted which i was equally angry about it's just like it's they're taking a name and they're using it for something that's just different and i I just i can't get on board with that ever and this is just the latest example of that and it's probably going to happen many many more times but i have a feeling too the show is actually going to be very good but it's just going to be a little bit hamstrung by the fact that nobody is expecting this like, nobody is looking, when you think the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, nobody's thinking of a drama. They're just not. Like, for all I know, I saw the trailer came out, and I was like, I don't, when I when a trailer comes out, I'm not like, I'm going to go see what people think of it. I'm like, I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to form my own opinion. I didn't, I, didn't, I, like, I didn't even scroll down to, like, YouTube comments for this. I do wonder, and I'll, I'm sure I'll find out soon after this, what the p- general public opinion of it was. Because I just don't think it looked good. It might be good. You, you might be right. That was not my that was not my take. My take was, wow, what happened here? See, I think that because I haven't looked at anyone's comments or anything either, but I wonder if there will be a generational divide. So people who are familiar with the yeah. original Fresh Prince property, they'll probably be watching this and be like, wow, this is super dark. This is not what I was expecting. And then you'll already have that kind of implicit bias against it because it's not the genre of show that you were expecting. But if you don't know which anything again, about yeah. the original, if you're a younger kid who, let's be real, that's probably who this show is mostly aimed at i mean we're not in high school anymore we don't relate as well to what these characters will be going through i feel like just based on the trailer it seems more centered like the original fresh prince was kind of centered around the whole family and i feel like this is a little bit more centered on the high school experience and so when you look at people who are in high school now maybe they're familiar with fresh prince the original but maybe they're not and so maybe this will appeal to them at at a greater level i don't know it'll be interesting they're like reframing and i guess in the original show too carlton was you know he did like the whole like these are my people these aren't your people kind of thing but in like i don't know it just it's it i get that like i guess the kids in this one 
in his version of Bel Air are still supposed to be stuck up. It's just like in a different way than like what I remember about the old show was like Carlton being like, these are my people. And you're like, oh, okay. So they're like snooty and nerdy. And this is, this is different. It's like, we're all stuck up because we we have rich parents or something. I, I don't know. It's just, it all leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But I, I do think that you're probably correct. Like, and again, drawing a connection to Uncharted, the same reason I was mad there. This isn't for me. And it's, I mean, maybe, maybe it's not for any of us. It's for someone who hasn't seen the original. It's for someone who hasn't played the original game. It's for someone who is younger than me. I, I guess I'm a curmudgeon now. I don't know when that happened. Well, I mean, it's just, it's different. Teen media has changed. You look at the things that we were watching when we were teenagers, and it was stuff like Boy Meets World, where it was mm. still, it felt very after-school special wholesome What teens are yeah. watching now, you look at the CW, you have 13 your- 13 Reasons Why. Well, and Riverdale and these heavy dramas, yeah. teens are watching heavy dramas. And so this feels more in line with a lot of the shows that they're watching Which, now. I'm sorry for you guys. Like, I mean, your we stuff's had that heavy. Too. It's, we had like Degrassi. Yeah, Degrassi was very heavy. It's just, it, it just, was Canadian. And not many I agree though. I'm I agree. I'm sorry. Like, it just, it can't be very much fun. Like you said, it's just like, like we had, we had Boy Meets World, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like, my goodness, however many Disney Channel shows. No kidding, now Gen Z is ready to revolt. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's just in like general, full of mature themes. It's just, it's sad. This is probably like a broader scope than nerddom or pop culture. But in general, kids are growing up faster, whether that's because of the advent of the internet and being connected or just being exposed to information and news at a younger age. I mean, kids are more aware of drama, that things aren't all just after school, especially now more so than ever. Like, I think that's just the media is portraying kind of how they live now. That makes me sound super old, but I feel but like I, well, we were I, a little bit more I think you're right again. growing up. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. I still like none of these opinions, which I think are correct, are making me walk back my assessment of this trailer, which is that it was bad and the show is going to be bad. But like when you dissect why I might feel that way, there's a lot of potential reasons and most of them relate to me being old and crotchety. And uh, I accept that. So if you want to come after me on the social meds at ow illegal 86 uh you're welcome to do so but if you do so i would encourage you at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber come after all of us at online warriors one the main show account also available to be to be came after you know so that's how twitter works so we'll see i don't this has a release date associated with it i don't know what it is google please tell okay i googled bel air release date and it's coming up with sunday february 13th is the actual correct date valentine's day special everybody you want some romance? Check out Bel Air. Let's talk about E3. Let's uh, let's sandwich our television topics, and in the middle of that sandwich, a delicious E3 meat. I don't know. I don't know. What, make of that what you will. Uh, the news to be had here: uh, E3 2022 again will be online only following COVID surges. I mean, obviously, you know, the world loses here, but uh, we win. Is that a fair assessment? Is that a fair assessment of this? Because yeah. that's how I feel. So yeah, my I question, enjoyed it online last yeah, time. My question to you guys, like, I know when it was live and in person and there were live showcases streaming, a lot of it was during the workday. But like, did your experience with E3 change? Yeah, like you when it used to be live, you got the the whole scope of, you know, there was an auditorium, people would cheer and clap. There's 
there would be things on stage happening like bands and whatnot. And now that it's mostly digital, like you still get speakers and stuff. But for the most part, it's a more pared down, less flashy experience where it's just a bunch of trailers. Which one do you guys prefer? Well, so I'm in it for the trailers either way. Like I'm not the kind of person who's going to seek out much else, maybe some gameplay footage. But like for me, honestly, in terms of how much I've watched, it's it's remained fairly constant. But I do feel at least a little bit like the online event was directed more towards me which felt good again i i feel like the world loses here but i as a person who has some investment in the video game world i feel like a winner so i don't know maybe that's selfish of me but no, i maybe couldn't you agree more agree. It, it it absolutely feels more geared toward the remote viewer because that's that's all i got and it, it right. feels like i'm i'm a part of something bigger as opposed to a bystander to all the people who were fortunate enough to go let me ask you a question that's only tangentially related. One of the things I remember about about E3 last year was watching a lot of YouTube videos live as they happened, which means you get the on the right side of the video, the comments. Box oh, I turned that, that nonsense the, off. The comments are just rolling past you. I have to ask, who's doing that? Like, because all the comments are like, Xbox is better than PlayStation. Or no, like, because my favorite one was when like a when a trailer would come on that everyone was excited for. You always saw let's go and i would there is a lot of that i would a hundred percent do that if my fingers can type fast enough i just like stuff like that don't get me wrong it's it's nice to see excitement but it's like it's like interspersed with like messages of varying political quality and like just meanness that i'm like why did you what you, why did you even write this <laughs> like comments on a regular youtube video i do understand a little bit more because they have a chance of remaining of remaining there and like becoming very popular thoughts but like on a live stream i like, don't know I, and this game? might just be the communities that i've fallen into but over the years i found the internet to be more and more friendly and is it just me it depends where you go no i think you're it depends where you go but i think on balance you're probably right i don't think video game unfortunately i don't think video game live streams are a place that you that you that it's not the first place i would go looking for that kind of you're gonna uh, see a comment from from tech tech hey guys i'm super friendly and it's just gonna scroll up you're like oh that guy's nice right but then but again like what what did you gain from typing that because it just it scrolls away maybe faster than anyone can read it it's a reaction it just it it lets the the people presenting feel like they're being watched and it it gives feedback that everyone's excited i I totally get it i mean it's kind of similar to twitch streamers like okay yeah when you're a smaller twitch streamer and you're getting comments and messages it's slower drip so you can respond to every single one but when you get into like the bigger streamers and you see people interacting in the chat i don't necessarily know if it's so that you know a streamer or the presenter can even see you i think it's the hopes that someone else in the comments or the chat is going to engage with you and have a conversation and i think some of it's just trolling i'm well aware i did cut you off nerd bomber like what is your what's your opinion on the new e3 format are you do you feel like tactic and i clearly feel which is you know we feel better <laughs> I, yeah. I prefer to say we feel better like i, I like it. it seems like i think one of the things so like obviously we're not big we're an indie podcast but having everybody on the hey same- hey well we're big we're huge sure we're big in japan <laughs> <laughs> we are big we're you guys would not believe in japan you're listening to us right now thinking these guys are rinky hey, shout out to japan no we're we're ronka donk i don't know i made that that's the opposite <laughs> it's like big we're ronka donk in japan guys but like i think from that standpoint it made me feel a little bit more 
on the same level playing field as some of the bigger players, like live tweeting and stuff. Everybody else was live tweeting. It wasn't like, oh, I'm live tweeting and I'm, but I'm not on the E3 floor. You know what I mean? Like everybody was reacting to the same stuff from the same place. Totally agree. It, you know, again, it's, it's sad, but it's a win for everybody. Now, when I first heard this, what I had heard was it's going to be permanently this way. I don't think that would ever happen, but I, I, I obviously misread it. But like, do you th- do you guys think that's something that c- that could ever be possible? I mean, just I move heard... it totally online only and just get that over with, and everyone's better for it. Prior to the pandemic, I know E three was struggling quite a bit, and I don't right. know, like th- there was question back then whether E three would even survive another few years, especially with the in person costs. So I wonder if this kind of actually saved E three a little bit. That said, like it would still be a cool someday in the future to have been able to go. And not worry about yeah. Like, I would like if totally. they if they made it online only, and then made you know other things like Comic Con that much more inclusive and bigger. Well, I consider also like a hybrid situation where there is an on. It, it is a chiefly online only event, but on the days of E three in I don't know ten major cities around the country, there are places you can go and watch the event with people. Oh, that'd be you know, cool, so, like so a giant projector so, screen. Yeah, so you you have the option to, you know, do what we've done these past two years and... And it makes you know, it more it accessible at home and, enjoy it. and you get camaraderie yeah. with people within your area that, that are interested in the same stuff that you might not even know otherwise. Oh my goodness, I am in love with this idea. And and you spread out, you know, because like another thing about E3 is like, you know, famous people go and like do stuff. And like what famous people can go to 10 different cities and there's famous people everywhere. It just, it does seem to me like it might be a cool idea. E3 committee, if you're listening, I don't know, feel free to steal it, but pay us royalties. Summer Game Fest also coming back, by the way. That I'm more meh about. Summer Game Fest needs to be more concentrated. Jeff Keighley kind of said, I think it seems like he kind of rode, he heard that, he heard this news came out and was like, oh crap, and like put together a brief photo that just says like, it's coming back, don't worry, we're, we're here too. I didn't like that. I, I was not a big fan of Summer Game Fest because Summer Game Fest was not like a day or a weekend summer game fest is like we're here all summer and randomly we're going to drop random little conferences and we're not going to tell you that far in advance you'll get notice in like a week in advance and it's going to be like a tuesday at 11 a.m have fun and it was just like what the heck too disjointed i did not enjoy that I, i'm not happy about that one well there you go i uh, at the end of this segment i threw cold water on nerd bomber not the first time won't be the last so yeah e3 is gonna be remote this summer so I, I imagine most of our listeners will probably be excited about that. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let us know in the comments, I guess, in the tweets. I always say the comments like we're on YouTube and we're not. In the tweets, in the Twitter sphere, let us know. For now, we are going to head to our regularly scheduled commercial break. But before we do, I would be remiss if I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, here is to you, my friend. We raise our goblets filled with mead or mold wine whatever night's drink or drank back in the day we raised them to you steven has supported us on the show here for a good long while now he's had multiple guest spots on the show which is one of his perks that he gets as a knight at our we decided it's a square or rectangular table this is a result of his night subscribership uh, which is our highest level of subscribership uh, is subscribership a word i'm going with it uh, on patreon 
you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast check out the details about night subscribership there you can also look at our squire level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog which the night also gets access to and uh, you can also take a look at the page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment as a knight however steven also gets input into our weekly game segment and he also gets this producer shout out so believe me being like steven and being a knight is not only a noble pursuit but one that is full of reward so again patreon.com slash online warriors podcast get more of the details there thank you to steven again and we will take a short break now to shout out a sponsor and we will be back to talk about scott pilgrim If you have a business, you need a website. And what's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. You can see for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free by visiting pair.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's pair.com slash free promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. Thanks to Pair Networks for helping sponsor the show. I'm Ryan Fonzie. This is Cameron Hagee. My name is Tony Giggles. And we're three dudes who love The Legend of Zelda and love talking about The Legend of Zelda. And if you are a Zelda fan as much as we are, then come on down and listen to your heart's content. We have a podcast that we'd like to share with you. It's called A for No, B for Yes. We cover the Legend of Zelda series, different games chapter by chapter, and we have all kinds of theories about what we see and what we've experienced in the game. Do you go through Wikipedia and look up stuff based on the things you see in the game to create theories to how it could link to other things in the world that we actually live in and not the Zelda one that was the one that was created by the people that are in the world that we actually live in right now? Because if you don't, then you should watch this because we do. Did you guys get all that? If not, oh, you didn't. Okay. So we are A for no beef. I'll stop. Okay, we are back to talk about Scott Pilgrim. Now, Scott Pilgrim, I, I, you know, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but if I haven't, one of my favorite movies from like this era of movie. This was, this was like, I, this was, I think this was like in the 2000s, maybe the late 2000s, based on a graphic novel series originally adapted for the screen by Edgar Wright. And it's now headed to the screen once again, this time as an anime series. Now, given that it's originally a graphic novel, this makes perfect sense. The original creator, artist slash creator, Brian Lee O'Malley, is writing and executive producing with Ben David Grabinski, the showrunner behind the revival of Are You Afraid of the Dark at Nickelodeon, which I admit I have not watched. But they will be running this show on Netflix in conjunction with UCP, a division of Universal Studio Group that was behind the Umbrella Academy and Chucky so first of all did you guys see scott pilgrim like the the movie because it does seem like it would be right up your alley yeah i'd be surprised and upset honestly if you hadn't seen it this is a graphic novel series that only has six volumes published between 2004 and 2010 so admittedly not a whole lot of ip to work from but this one's got legs i think And, and you know something else that i did not mention the uh anime house science saru 
is on tap to provide the animation work now i don't know particularly anything that they've done i know you guys are more anime people than i am maybe you you do but this is going to be an absolute smash i think this is a no-brainer i'm to the point that i'm surprised it hasn't yet happened so tactic you're an you're an anime you you are an anime is that fair to say i am one with the anime you are well i would say you are one with the anime. you know I'm, I'm glad you opened with that too because the biggest blunder that they can make is the animation style i mean this was very comic booky and it needs yes. to maintain that it, it they can't try to be crisp with the way they do it because it, it can't be it, it, it's not it's it's rough around the edges it's it's page turning there's pows kerplops a kerplop is the yeah. sound of like a squishy thing falling, if you didn't know. In the live but, action movies, that's also the case. There's there's right. graphics. And so you have to tr- stay true to that. And as long as they do that, I think the formula is fantastic for them to really make some quality content. Totally agreed. You know, I... Man, I'm batting a thousand with you agreeing with me. You know, you really are today. It's 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 been an interesting day. I mean, we, I feel like we don't disagree that often, but this is like, this is a little much. I don't want to gross out the listeners. I one the one question I do have, I guess. I do think, especially, you know, when I watched the movie, I had no Edgar Wright experience and I had no Michael Sarah experience really to speak of. I didn't know. That watch was Rest your first Michael Sarah like movie or anything? I believe so. And it's still probably my most significant touch point with him. And he is fantastic in this movie. And I know you don't take one... any of my recommendations to heart ever, but I feel uh, like I need to give you a list of his work and you need to just go watch it I watched, there's a lot um, that's like up your alley Did, have you seen nick and nora's infinite playlist at yep, the very least? that was that was i was about to say that's the other one of his movies that i've seen that i did enjoy so you you got me pegged on that one certainly I, but i didn't watch rest of development i mean gosh what is he in i know there's a lot more but i'm just like kind of blanking have you seen super right bad on his Oh, of course. I've seen Superbad. Maybe I'm wrong. I just like, whenever I think of Michael Sarah, I think of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, have you to seen his Juno? Credit, I think. I have seen Juno. Okay. How long are we going to do this? <laughs> I just don't have, I don't have <laughs> a good just, memory. We're just going I, through his IMDb at this point. <laughs> right. I've seen, all, I've seen all of those movies, but the first movie I think of when I think of him is definitely Scott Pilgrim. And I think it's because he's well suited for the role. And I, I, I mean that I, I guess I say that as someone who still to this day has not read the graphic novels. So maybe he's actually wrong, but he sure feels right. Uh, it might have been, you know, he just gelled with Edgar Wright really well or something. But Nerd Bomber, I, I'm not sure, you know, Tectic is an anime. I, you are in, you are an anime, but I would say less so. Is that a, first of all, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I dabble. I would say I like more mainstream anime. And even that, like, I'm not big into Dragon Ball Z. I'm not that's not my vibe but i do like i've watched some probably not enough to make me an anime like tactic is but i think he's an anime yes he is this though i can definitely see myself watching i also really like that they got you know the fact that anytime there's something where the original creator is having a hand in crafting the new story and the adaptation i'm more interested in it because i feel like you're less likely to screw it up so it must mean their ideas are very good Otherwise, he probably wouldn't want to be attached to it. Right. I mean, maybe that's not how it works, but it sure feels like how it works or how it should work, I guess. Another fun fact about Scott Pilgrim, by the way, the movie, which, yeah, go pause the podcast and watch that movie if you haven't seen it. Ramona Flowers, one of the most attractive female characters in any movie, in the Edgar Wright movie. I was smitten with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I don't think that's going to happen with the anime version, but... Hey, you, you know, never know. You never know. That's true. This is big. There, there's there's no release date associated with this yet. It's still in the early going. 
but yeah i think this is going to be an absolute smash i i am curious one thing i'm curious about too the story of scott pilgrim lends itself very well to cameos right i mean the chris evans cameo being first first and foremost in my mind they were like let's get a hunky famous guy like do we have voice acting opportunities for the league of evil axis and if so can we get mark hamill (laughs) i guess is like my number one question to like just i don't know be one of the boyfriends maybe he sounds too old i don't know maybe i don't know maybe he has it in him we'll see this is big i think this is gonna be a big one so we'll check back on that we'll let you all know and for now we will transition as we always do into what we've been up to and tactic since you and i have been two peas in a pod today i'm gonna i'm gonna let you kick us off okay so those of you who follow me on the twitters you guys know that i made a i gave in and wasted a lot of money guys it happened it's not it's not a waste if you enjoy it that's a very mom thing to say or maybe it's well, not a mom thing it, to say. It, it's just it, a thing it to feels, say. It feels like I should have just nestled away the money. But, you know, sometimes you you have this vision of a, of a bigger picture and, and you just got to execute. And per my New Year's resolution, I, I had said, I'm going to start executing. Go. And so I had purchased various components of what I think will make a successful quadcopter. Now... And I don't. I don't want to say I just. I just bought a kit because I did not. This was a hundred percent. I selected each and every component based on what I think would work together. Based on you know ver- the amperage draw, what kind of uh, weight total I was at relative to the thrust of each motor, relative to the so, size so of this each is... propeller. Wait, wait, wait. Relative right. to the size of the frame. And even even if I wasn't sure what I wanted to go and do with it, I even did things like my frame that I selected is actually modular where it can change the different legs lengths so that I have adjustability for various needs that I may or may not pursue. This is organic, free-range, locally sourced drone building. I mean, mm. it's it's there's no kits. There's just it's all farm fresh. And ripping the parts off the land. And the beauty of it, too, of what I selected, in addition to, say, the modular frame, is the flight controller is, is really where it really gets fun. So the flight controller I selected has the ability to map um, Ardu Pilot onto it, which lets you program your own autonomous Controlled? code. Yeah. You can you can adjust and program your own controllers, and instead of just taking the default stabilization and waypoint system that it that it has, and so I'm really excited to see what I can do and expand, and and maybe even as I get more into it, maybe even I'll I'll maybe 3D print my own frame attachments or even my own frame. There's there's hopefully so, endless possibilities that I can now go down. So are the parts in yet, or are they are they going to be streaming in slowly over the next few, however many? They're arriving this week. So, okay, so I'm Sup- very excited. Supply chain to, issues, be damned. I have to clear off my workbench. I've I've gotten just about everything necessary for remote control use. I haven't purchased the telemetry parts for autonomous waypoint flying, but I wanted to get you know the initial build out of the way. Get the the simple standard controlling it with a controller out of the way make sure all that works before i just say all right all right drone see ya you know and then it and then it goes you know off to greener pastures and never comes back so what is the i mean we may mention this i don't know if you talked about this last week i know this has been in the hopper in your brain for a little bit what's the primary use case that you have in your head for this piece of machinery right now if you're willing to share that because i don't know what it is so 
big picture, I, I'd like to do synchronized flying pre-programmed where they map out their own trajectory and and avoid collision and and you know similar to that of a light show and things like that and maybe even a light show but that's you know that's we're talking 50 drones here and that's i'm, I'm hemming and hawing over one but just kind of figuring well, so, all that right. stuff out and, and giving it really a brain of its own to react and i don't correct. you know i don't want us i don't want us to be a podcast that encourages flagrant spending of money with that said i'm gonna just agree with you again for the millionth time today and just fully support this i think this is an excellent use of your resources, your brain, uh, especially in light of your New Year's resolution. But even without that, I just think this is a go do this, man. Can, can, you have my endorsement. You didn't need it, but and I will be for those of you who are curious. Uh, I will be publishing a bill of materials of what I selected and why I selected. But don't hold your breath, as I say for most of my content. <laughs> well, there you go. In the, because they could suffocate, or yeah, they will most certainly uh, suffocate if they do that. Okay. Uh, well, don't do not do that. Does that bring us over to Nerd Bomber? Is there anything else you want to update us on? Oh, we can move over to Nerd Bomber. Nerd Bomber. All right. So I didn't make any big expenditures, but we did watch a movie and played a new board game and actually played a video game. This is, I'll try to keep them semi-brief so I don't talk ad nauseum. Well, these uh, are good. The first movie that we watched was The Tender Bar. This is the new George Clooney, Ben Affleck movie. Forget the kid's name. Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan. Yeah. Yeah. This is on Amazon Prime streaming right now, included for free. And this was actually, I had kind of mixed feelings on this. So the initial walkthrough or run through, I guess, of this, I thought it was a good movie. I wasn't sure I liked the way that the movie ended. And this is not really a spoiler. It just felt very abrupt. Like all of a sudden they were like, okay, and we're done now. Right. And you just kind of feel unsatisfied a little bit. And like there could have been a more concrete, better ending. It just seemed very sudden. That said, like, I think Ben Affleck did a really good job playing a extremely sympathetic and... Oh, Ben Affleck was the star of the show yeah, easily. He, hands down, the star of the show. I think when the movie ended and we started talking about it, though, I don't know if I actually liked the main character, or at least how the main character was portrayed, um, which is a little, I guess, right. problematic, problematic, but... When, when you're watching the movie, you find yourself very sympathetic towards the main character and his relationship with Ben Affleck's character, his uncle. It's just it's a, it's a very feel good type movie. But in retrospect, right. you kind of look back and you're like, did I actually like the main character? I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm convinced he was the bad guy in his relationship. Well, so I, I have two problems with this movie. Having not seen it, I have two problems with this movie. One, I don't know when it happened, but it definitely happened to me at some point. I am unable to take Ben Affleck seriously anymore. I think... Well, that's wrong. I, well, I think it's because of all of those photos of him holding the Dunkin' Donuts. That might have been when it happened. Because they're so fun. Have you ever Actually, seen Actually, that photos? persona like, fits this movie character perfectly. So I think I you'll be good. I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, I always have a hard time, especially like in light of some of his more recent interviews, how that's not who he actually is. And to memify him and have that his entire career be overshadowed by a meme when he is actually a very good actor that like i don't know okay but also have you seen sad affleck one of my favorite youtube videos ever have you seen sad affleck i have uh, i'm just saying like i would not (laughs) it's so funny i would try to lock that away in a different part of your brain because he does give a really good performance in this movie 
The last not movie all I of his, his movies are great. Like Gili is a movie yeah. that I wish I could fire into the sun and take my time back. But this is actually he's he has a really good performance in this. He, look, he's a great actor. I mean, like I love him in Good Will Hunting. I like like I think the last movie I saw of his that I really legitimately liked, thought he was legitimately good in, was Argo, which was like 2012 or something. And after that, I don't know. I just like I fell off the, off the train at some point. My other problem with the movie, though more perhaps more fundamentally it has the most ridiculous title i've i've ever tender bar was my nickname in high school <laughs> it is just it's a ridiculous name well uh, it's i don't it's i get to be, like, i know what it the book i know is what it called means the tender bar and it's supposed to be yeah. because this is where the kid found like a father figure essentially behind the bar right i get it it's just i laugh i i it, it, like i've turned on my tv and my fire stick and i see and i laugh every time because it's like their main banner right now because they want me to watch it. And I understand that. But it's just, it gives me a chuckle. That's all. I, I might try it. I'm open to it. I will say I, in, in terms just, of Clooney in spite movies. In of what I just said, I'm open to it. Like, I tend to find Clooney movies, they're not always bad, but they're always very long. And sometimes they get a little dry. Mm. And this was not, I think this was maybe an hour and a half. I think it was 108 minutes, if I almost remember on the nose. But like, it didn't, it didn't feel super long. And it wasn't your stereotypical super long Clooney movie. So... Not a not a bad thing to check out. I think there there lends some discussions about the main character and I don't know, just interesting conversation after the movie. But yeah, so that was the movie we watched. Then I got a new board game, which is Castle Panic. And this is a cooperative board game or you can play it solo. And essentially it's a castle tower tower defense yes Defen- tower defense it's yeah. a tower defense game and so you have a pile full of monster tokens and you're basically having to stop you have a ring around your tower and the monsters progressively march ring to ring towards your tower and you have to stop them and work together with your teammate to play r- cards trade cards figure out the best way to stop them all and the game doesn't end until you've cleared every single monster tile that comes with the game and it was actually a lot of fun we managed to win our first playthrough and it's it's pretty simple i'm i'm at a point sometimes where like if i have to sit down and read like a epic lengthy book like for what is the game that you love tactic mansions of madness that is too unwieldy for me sometimes this was not that this no, ha- haunted house on the hill was it yeah. what's mansions of madness then is that another game that's very similar to that? I feel like we've played. It sounds like it's a mad mansion. Haunted House on the Hill. Are you talking about Betrayal at House on the Hill? Yeah. Yeah. There's just a big book okay. and you're like beholden to this book the whole time. And it's fine. But like also I don't want to read one playing a game that much. And I don't need to be constantly listening to someone read me instructions when I'm trying to play. So this this was good because this was not that. And it was it was very simple, easy to learn, but also like enough strategy and cooperation that went into the game to make it fun. So Castle Panic, very fun stuff. And then lastly, we started playing Dark Alliance, which is a video game around Dungeons and Dragons. And it's a co-op game. We only started playing for about like two or three hours. It got lambasted with reviews. And I don't know if it's as bad as the reviews say. It's definitely kind of like glitchy and buggy. I'm playing it on the original Xbox One. Tactics playing it on the Series X. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. He's having a good time, like smooth-wise. I'm a little laggy and buggy, and I think that might just be a function of the console I'm on. But like, generally speaking, it's just like a pretty standard co-op fantasy adventure. I will say, I will give it credit where it's due. I really like the loot system. 
because you get new loot, but you can't open your loot boxes until you get back to like your base camp after the mission is over. So your mission is never really interrupted by the whole party having to be like, oh, I just got this fancy new object. Let me go check my inventory because you can't do that till the end. And I actually really like that. Super smart. So that is my update. The one missed opportunity with that game is character customization. Because one of my favorite parts of Dungeons & Dragons is, you know, making my own my character my what I perceive them as and, and having fun with that. I mean, the backstory alone, I just, I've, I've written pamphlets on, on backstory. And they just said, well, these are your, your, your classes that you got to choose from of preloaded characters. Go nuts. Yeah, and that aspect it is kind of generic feeling because they basically are just like here are four characters you can pick from sort of like borderlands you get no say in what these characters look like what their backstory is what they do like this is this is what you get i don't want to draw parallels to borderlands because i mean like i said border like dnd is is you love it because you make the character your own. Borderlands is Borderlands. Well, no, but what I guess what I'm trying to say is in this game, character selection feels more like Borderlands where there's four options. You get to pick one. It's not like even like playing something like Destiny. Yeah, there's classes, but you still could kind of customize your character to your loadout and build. Whereas this, it's like, this is your weapon. This is, this is what you're going to do. You're going to have a big hammer and you're going to be slow. And that's it. You know? Fair enough. So... That's my update. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Dark Alliance is what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't mess that up. Yep. Check that out, maybe. Is the, the review that I think we just heard. It's on Game Pass. So, like, if you have Game Pass, it, Game Pass is like a WTF thing. Yeah, where you're just like, eh, why not? Let's do it. On my end, I have two things I want to mention. One, a new board game. Board games, man. It's a great time of year to play board games. I've been going hard on the solo board games, but I'm actually going to shout out a multiplayer game, although I think it might have a solo mode, called Maglev Metro. Uh, this is a, a heavier game. I think it would play in about 90 minutes, maybe even closer to two hours, four players. You're making magnetic rail trains in the city of Berlin. Although you could also Are make the pieces actually magnetic? No, but they are metal trains, and it's very satisfying. And there are like plastic it's it's all hex based so there's plastic there's like plastic hexes that have track straighter straighter curved tracks on them and you all have a different color and they can overlap and because they're clear plastic you can actually overlap the hexes and still see all the tracks it's a very well engineered game plays super well the turns are very very quick which is often a problem in those bigger games if turns are longer you you're you kind of lose focus more easily and that this game did not suffer from that at all so i was a huge fan of that game i just want to shout that out i've been going hard on the games lately uh and then we watched a movie on netflix the Incredible Jessica James. This is not one that I would recommend. This is actually, it, this is one of those rare occasions where we watched the movie the whole time my fiance and I were like, this is really not that good. It's a lot better than it thinks, or it thinks it's a lot better than it is. It's one of those movies. And then it ended and I went on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's got an 89%. So I, maybe I'm just an idiot, but it has the only person in it who you would know is Chris O'Dowd, who perhaps is most popularly known as the cop in Bridesmaids. That's what I know him from. He was great. He was funny. And uh, the lead was pretty good, too. The lead actress was pretty good. The script had its moments, but was mostly bad and wasted a lot. This movie was, I think, an hour and 20 minutes long, and it could have been half the length that it was. There was a lot of filler scenes, which I I just don't understand that. And also, if I didn't make it clear, it's a romantic comedy, which I tend to give a lot of lenience to and like generally love as a genre but this this one just wasn't really for me i don't know don't watch it but also it's a netflix original so if you have netflix it's free so you could certainly do worse i guess so yeah that's that's the extent of my update 
more to come next week xoxo illegal 86 that's how i sign my journal entries or my diary entries depending on what kind of day it's been i'm hosting a quiz today as those who joined us last week know i am one and oh on the year nerd bomber oh and oh tactic oh and one <laughs> tactic. so it begins let me tell you it's go time man people are talking that's all i'm gonna say there's 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 whispers and murmurs in the vast reaches of cyberspace that it's going to be another rough year for you. And I, I want to motivate you. I want to take this opportunity to motivate you to not give those naysayers time of day. I mean, those, those according to our listeners, it's, it's really, I'm not really losing out on anything because nothing's been decided about the thing that I'm doing yet. Look, we'll get to it. We're very busy. I've, I've been very busy putting together a quiz on Marzipan, which uh, for those who don't know, today, the day this episode comes out, January 12th, is a National Marzipan Day. I've never had Marzipan, I don't think. If I did, it was... It was unknowingly. Marzipan is a confection made from sugar, honey, and almond meal or almond. And we're going to be going through some facts about it, all of which are numerical prices right style. You guys know. You've, you've listened before. Or if you haven't, that's how it works. You'll see. We'll do five questions and a tiebreaker as needed. Tactic, good luck. Nerd Bomber, also good luck, but less good luck because... I've had marzipan I just, once. I don't need your luck. Yeah, is it just like are we like in a like a marzipan dead zone geographically? I've never even I've like barely had the opportunity to eat, to eat marzipan. I, I had know. it at a potluck, and somebody brought it as like a around the world style potluck, and I remember it being good, but I've never seen it anywhere else since then. I'm sure it's probably just we're in a marzipan dead zone where we live. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. To be clear, I'm not a big almond person, but uh, but let's, let's let's dive into this. Uh, we're gonna start with actually a non-traditional marzipan. A pistachio marzipan sweet uh, was made in Aleppo, Syria, on first July 2003 by 225 chefs in an event organized by Spacetel Syria at Hamadania Stadium. How much did the world's largest pistachio marzipan sweet weigh? And I'm looking for an answer in pounds. And uh, we'll start with Nerd Bomber. Ladies first. Chivalry is not dead. Okay, I'm going to say this is probably... I'm trying to think of like world records type things. And normally they make it like as big as a person in diameter. I'm going to say it's probably like a, a 300 pound marzipan. All right, T-Dog. You know what time it pounds. is. Well, Tactic, you're on the board. Yeah. 9,255 pounds. Oh my pounds. gosh. And technically that and wasn't a plus one. And 14 ounces. Technically it was not a plus one. That's absolutely correct. Tactic, uh, congrats, man. What a time to be alive. Let's continue. The term marzipan from March Payne, I don't know why, uh, is widely used in use now in a number of languages, but an almond and sugar variant known as postre... I'm going to try my best with this. Postre regio. Oh yeah, postre regio. Has been traced to... What year as its origin year? In other words, when did marzipan become a thing? That's basically what we're talking about here. So I think it's later than we, what we're thinking, but earlier than what we're thinking. So I'm going to say... How can that be? 1230. Okay, I think it's definitely later than that. I think it's probably like the 1400. So I'm going to say 1400. Well, so there is some debate on this, but based on the website I have in front of me, uh, 1150 is what I have. So you both busted. There's a lot of places that lay claim to marzipan as having invented it. It's even mentioned. It. It's mentioned in Shakespeare in a few places. Germany, Italy, Portugal, Spain have all have all laid claim. Germany. Yeah, was I, close. I think I mentioned Germany already. You were close, but uh, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, as they all say. Here's an interesting one. So marzipan, as I've mentioned, is almond based. How many published research papers are there to date 
on the health effects of almonds, in particular with a focus on heart health, diabetes, and weight management. Okay. And uh, we're back to Nerbomber first. I'm going to say 1600. I feel like there's been a lot of research done on almonds. I agree that there's been a lot of research on almonds, but this is specific to heart health. So I think it's... Heart health, diabetes, and weight management is what it says. Those are like the big three, at least in America. I think that's something that's that's come out in the last, say, 50 years or so where it took. So I'm going to say one. Well, Tactic, it may be your day. Well, the number I have in front of me here is 98. That's so not it? 1,600. Look, it's hard to publish a paper. As, as someone who, well, we've, I think a number of us have published research papers, but it's hard, man. This number makes perfect sense to me. I don't know, so man. Tactic. Like, I I bet you I could type in almonds into like ResearchGate or something and get like a bajillion hits. Specific to diabetes, heart health, and losing weight, though? I don't know. Hmm. So, per Wikipedia, and now, now Nerd Bomber, you have to run the table here to tie. So, I don't know. Don't blow it. Yeah, I, blow. I guess what I'll say. Let's talk about chemical composition slash science. According to Wikipedia, which is sourcing something else, I don't know what, some research paper, Springer Science and Business Media. Marzipan softness is a balance between the solid and liquid components. What is the maximum moisture content supposed to be? Is this in percentage? This is, this is a percentage. 23%. 24%. It's a double bust. Nerd Are you serious? The door has been closed. 10%, guys. That uh, is a little a bit of moisture dry, goes a long way. That is a dry treat, huh? We'll uh, we'll round the final base here because unfortunately, unfortunately, I saved my favorite question for last, and now we don't even really need it. But one of my favorite websites actually, back in the day. So, so before you get into it, just a quick question: yeah. Isn't honey hydrophobic? So technically, it doesn't have water in it. Listen, I'm the one who asks the questions. I have no idea. I, I don't know. Uh, look into that on your own time. I guess is, is what I'll say. I I could believe it. Then again, it's somewhat viscous itself. It, ha- it must have some moisture content of its own. I really don't know. One of my favorite websites from back in the t- in the uh, in the two thousands, which is a hint, but I don't care. Homestar Runner had a character in its many videos and skits and games and little things named Marzipan. I believe she was Homestar Runner's girlfriend. When did Homestar Runner, the website, hit the internet? When did it first premiere? Nineteen ninety eight, I believe. And you know what the beauty about this is? You can just plus one me. You didn't. I didn't use mine yet. 1999. Well, he's done it, folks. Essentially a queen, uh, a queen sweep. January 1st, 2000. Happy New Year. Happy New Millennium. Homestar Runner. Tactic. He's doing a little jig yeah, over here, a little dance. And I, I just have to note, you look lost last come. year. I'm tied for first place right now. You are not, technically, but I, I appreciate the... Aren't the you 1-0? and oh? Yeah, it's a better record than 1-1 one and one there, Chief. <laughs> You're 500. I'm I'm one. That's how it works. We go on percentages here. At least last I checked. I'll have to look at the rule book. Uh, one thing's for sure. Nerd Bomber goes to zero and one. She is a... Uh, well, you're in last. This I, is how I, I, I started last year. It. I feel like I started on a really bad skid last year, and then I came back, and it was fine. Well, it's a, hey, it's a long year. So we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, Tactic, feel free to celebrate. We had an idea for how to end the show because we wanted to change it. And now I don't remember what it was. Do you guys remember? We Wisdom. just say Burnus- goodbye. No, no, it was not. It was something else. Wisdom, words of advice. Wisdom, words of advice. That's right. Because we we, had a, we ran out of occupations, guys. That's what happened. Is I ran out of I ran out of like people you could go tell who have like a certain job. Yeah, it wasn't last week's like drink orange juice or something. That's what it was. Yep. Uh, and that was tactic. Nerd Bomber, do you have any advice for the folks? I don't want to put you on the spot. I can try and think of something. 
uh, but I haven't. I got one for you. So, Here's my advice. Velcro okay, shoes are not advised. It, it was a pun. It was K-K-N-O-T, though. Oh. Oh. I don't know. Stay away from Velcro shoes. I think I think it's still where we're landing on this, but more on that next week. Kiss, kiss. I don't know. Signed to Legal 86. How do, how do we do this? This is weird now. You hang up. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, no, you hang up. Okay, goodbye.